Gracious, loving God, we just give you thanks for this moment. We give you thanks that we can come and worship you freely and openly. But Lord, we just ask that your Holy Spirit be upon us and upon me today as I bring your word. Lord, I just pray that you will guide my thoughts, my meditations. May they be yours. May you speak fresh and anew into us today. I pray this in the power of Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as Rick was alluding, um, that we're going to be kind of moving into a new year, aren't we? This is the last day of 2023. Um, and over the last little, uh, you know, four weeks prior to all of this, uh, we've been moving through a preaching series called Promises. Um, and, and we've journeyed through that, uh, that series looking at how God's promise had been fulfilled in Jesus Christ and, and how the promise of hope and, and of peace and of love and joy have all been fulfilled through the birth of Jesus. But, but what I wanted to do today is instead of just popping into a, you know, um, a New Year's Eve kind of message and stuff like that, is I actually wanted to go, okay, we've had all these promises, we've seen all this fulfilment in Christ, but I wanted to kind of push it and extend it a little bit further about how does God, how, how, how does God fulfill promises in our lives? So, so where is God leading that and, and how does that happen? And Rick has already alluded to some of this as well. And, and, and sometimes it's hard for us to wait for those promises to come here. Um, so I'm going to share with you a story in just a moment from, from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 22 to 35. Um, and, and it's a story of the young, eight-day-old Jesus being brought to the temple um, for circumcision. But it's a story not of necessarily that moment. It's a story of a prophet waiting. Waiting for God's promise to be fulfilled. God had promised this prophet, Simeon, that he would, he would not pass this earth until he had seen the Messiah, the chosen one, coming to him. So, so this, is, this is what we're going to be looking at in just a moment. But also what I would like to do is is not only just looking at how God fulfills promises in Jesus that we've looked at, you know, in this celebration Christmas had, but also, more importantly, how when we are waiting, there's a concept of time that we need to kind of understand. And so I'm going to explore a little bit about the concept of time that appears in the New Testament. There's two different kinds of time that the New Testament talks about, and and this will help you when you are waiting upon God's promises. So let's go to the Bible. Um, and I'm going to put it up if I can get everything to run properly. Um, there we go. I'm going to put it up on the screen. So here we go. So eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus. The name given him by the angel even before he was conceived. Then it was the time for his purification offering as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says, if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And at that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout 
and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and he revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the Lord required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms, praising God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all of the people. He is the light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what had been said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. And as a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your very soul. What a, what a wonderful account of a basically an everyday life experience of Jesus there. But it, but it also goes more than that, doesn't it? It goes into God's promise and prophecy and fulfilment for Simeon. And what it does for us is it speaks volumes about how we wait upon God to fulfill God's promises. Simeon, like many prophets, had to wait. Most prophets gave a prophecy and then had to wait for God to fulfill that prophecy. But Simeon is not the only one that we hear, see and hear about waiting. Simeon was given this incredible promise that he would see the Messiah, the chosen one, the, the one that would come and restore all of Israel. And not only all of Israel, we know all of the world, everybody back unto God. He was given this wonderful promise. And what did Simeon have to do once he was given that promise? You got it. Wait. Simeon actually had to wait. So what did he do? He waited. He waited for God to fulfill his promise. So Simeon was part of a long line of people who've actually had to wait for God to fulfill the promise, the God's plan there before him um, as God's plan starts to unfold. You know, um, King David had to wait. I'm just going to share with you another passage and hopefully it's going to come up on the screen for me. Here it is. So from Psalm 130, verses 5 to 8. Here it is. and it, this, is, this is King David talking about waiting, waiting upon God, waiting upon the fulfilment. King David says this, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I will put my hope. Notice that? Notice what's happening. He's waiting upon God. And he's not just going, I'm just taking it over in my mind. My whole very person being waits upon God. But I but I place my hope in God's word. 
I place my hope in God as I wait. I wait for the Lord more than a watchman waits for the morning, more than a watchman waits for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord, the Lord is unfailing love, and with him in full redemption, he himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. So what is King David waiting for? He's waiting for the appearance of Jesus, the Messiah, to redeem all of Israel, to redeem all of us. And what did David do? He waited. David's not the only one. You know, Isaiah waited. Noah waited. Abraham waited. The whole people of Israel, as they walked around the desert, after being released from slavery, waited upon God. They grumbled. They complained. They didn't think God was acting fast enough, but they had to wait. They had to wait so many years before they even got to the promised land. How many years did they walk through the desert? 40 years. A promise that God is going to bring them out and bring them to a new promised land. What is the intervening time between that promise and the fulfillment? 40 years of waiting. So often in our society nowadays, we want waiting to be as short as possible. How many people get frustrated when they have to wait for something? Okay, there's a couple of people here. Let let, let me give it a little bit more specific. How many people get really frustrated when they have loaded a web page on their phone and there's not enough signal strength to even open it? Yes, you can see that there's a level of frustration. We want instant don't we? How many people get frustrated when they order something and they realise that it's not just there in the shop, but they actually have to wait for it to be made and then shipped to them? You know, we get, you go, oh, how come we don't live in a society nowadays that just has everything just waiting for you? Ready to pick it up and take it and have it. You know, Waiting while it's hard brings something in us. It brings about a sense of perseverance. It brings about a sense of anticipation. Have you noticed that when you wait for something, did you anticipate how good it's going to be once you get it? You know, what would happen if your birthday appeared every day of the week? Some people would go, that's fantastic. You'd be rather old by the end of the year, but you know. But, But think about it for a moment. What happens when things are there at your beck and call, ready, available all the time? You kind of take it for granted, don't you? You take it, it's just going to be there and I just want it. It's like, like turning on a tap and the water flows. But that's not what we're talking about. Waiting builds that sense of anticipation. We have a birthday once a year. We celebrate that and there's a sense of anticipation. You know, as you're getting older, you're going, maybe that sense of anticipation sends into a sense of dread because you're getting another year older and your hair is getting greyer. And Annette reminded me the other day, my hair is getting very grey in certain places. And you're just kind of getting older and older. But 
as the years go through, there's still that anticipation of celebration. It may be a different kind of celebration from when you're a child to when you're an adult, but there's still that anticipation and waiting. You know, when we look at all of those people in the Old Testament, we look at Simeon and how he waited, they didn't just pass the time. They waited with purpose. They waited actively. They, they, they exercised their faith. You know, Simeon, Simeon stayed in the temple waiting for the Lord's chosen one to come, as God had promised, but he didn't just wait and twiddle his thumb and go, hang on. He worshipped, he prayed, he, 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 he served, he was a part of all that was going on. He exercised his faith. Learning to wait for God's promise is actually something that we need to do. And, and it, it, learning to wait upon God and, and actually upon God's timing is something that Timothy says that will build perseverance. As, as Timothy in his epistle says, it produces perseverance, it produces faith, it produces trust in, in the Word of God, it produces trust in God. But here's the thing that I wanted to share with you about time and waiting that I would like to leave with you today. In the New Testament, there are two different kinds of words that are used for time. Uh, one being chronos and the other one being kairos. So chronos, I'm getting a little bit of Greek here, download Greek, chronos and kairos. Chronos is used like um, 54 times in the New Testament. And, and, and basically its meaning is a specific time, passing of a specific amount of time. So chronos, hence, hence why, you know, a chronograph. Any, anybody want to raise their hands and know what a chronograph is? Have, have I stumped you? Oh, oh I, there you go. Uh, I'm going to say stopwatch. Well done. It's a watch that has a stopwatch in there as a chronograph. It's, it's for measuring that specific amount of time accurately. So there you go. Well done. <laughs> yeah, give James a hand. <laughs> so, so a chronograph is about measuring specifically amount of time. So that, that's why we have that stopwatch. Um, and it's about accuracy and it's about being specific about the time. Whereas kairos is used more times, 86 times in the New Testament, and it has actually a different meaning. It's actually about the appointed time within the purpose of God. Notice not it's a measure of specific time such as chronos, but kairos is about the appointed time happening according to God's purpose, according to God's plan. Kairos has a depth of meaning um, as it, re it references to an opportune time, a specific moment when circumstances and the things around are right for God's purpose to be fulfilled. So if we look at waiting from the premise of, of passing time, such as chronos, we get frustrated because what happens is we're waiting for time and a specific allocated amount of time to pass until God's promise is fulfilled. And that's what builds frustration. But if we view it from kairos, kairos time, then, then what happens is when we think about God's promise, it's not about waiting for a particular, you know, particular amount of time to happen. 
It's actually waiting for the right opportune time, the right moment, the right things to be apparent before the promise is made real. To put this into a practical story, do you remember um, within the New Testament, there's, there's a story of uh, a healing that happens that Jesus gives where a man is waiting at the pool of Beth, of Beth Sided, waiting for the waters to stir. And it's, it's, that's a Kairos moment. It's waiting for the waters to stir at the right time that the Holy Spirit is there, that healing happens. It's actually waiting for not a passing of time, but a right circumstance, a right moment. And so that's what we're thinking about when we think about Kairos time. It's a right moment, the circumstances. So I said, you know, that those who waited in the Old Testament, the New Testament, Simeon, all those people, they didn't wait patiently, just twiddling their thumbs. They actively waited. Maybe if your promise here, that God has promised you, maybe if you've been praying for a, a friend to come to faith, a family member to come to faith, someone you love to come to faith, maybe you're going, this promise hasn't been fulfilled. Maybe what you're doing is waiting for a chronos amount of time and being passive rather than waiting for kairos time and being active. So when we await for kairos time and being active, waiting means that maybe God is waiting for something to happen within me, a change within me for me to do. Maybe it's God's waiting for me to ask that friend, that person to read the Bible with me. Maybe that God is waiting for that right moment, that circumstance to open it up. Notice that it's not passive, it becomes active. Maybe God's actually waiting for you to just invite them for coffee so you can share your faith, your story of faith of how God has changed your life so that you can open a dialogue with the person so that they may come to faith themselves as well. It's about having that specific opportunity for the Holy Spirit to act upon our lives that is Kairos time. So as we wait for God's promises, and I don't know what God may have promised you or you're seeking for God's will in your life and, and seeking for something to happen and striving. If we think about it in the moments when it's Kronos time, then we may be like the Israelites who wander through the desert, knowing that God will fulfill. God has already brought them out of slavery. Notice this. God's already brought them out of slavery. But what happens? They're having to wait for God to fulfill the promise of the promised land. And in that waiting, they're measuring the time and getting frustrated because of the length of time rather than waiting upon God for the change of heart, for not thinking back to the old flesh pots, not thinking back to where they're, but looking for, for really ultimately relying on God for all of the provisions. That is what it means to be in Kairos moment. Kairos time is to wait upon the right circumstances. And so when that has happened... God fulfills in that process. The Holy Spirit works. Now, I, I, I want to say this. I'm not saying that 
by the things that we do, we force God's hand. I'm not actually saying that. I'm actually saying rather when we wait for God, rather than passively waiting for time to tick by and go, God has fulfilled this, it's actually waiting for us to change. If we want God's promises to become real in our life, maybe we need to be like Simeon and worship and pray and share and be in the presence of God as much as we possibly can. So I'm just going to invite the band up just to come up as, as I just pray and just finish off today. We know that when we wait upon God for fulfilment of his promises, we know that there's a greater level of trust that will happen within us. Trust in God. Trust that God will fulfill that when we wait with purpose. We know that when we wait with purpose, our faith will be built and strength will happen within us. Just as Simeon waited for Jesus to appear, that he could see what God had wanted and prepared from all time that we might have restoration back to our Lord and Saviour. Let us also wait upon God, trust in God, not only within our timing, but waiting for that opportune time within us to be for God to work within our lives. Let's just pray together. A loving, gracious God, we, 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 we give you thanks that you show us that we don't have to be passive when we wait. Lord, today, I just ask that you, you come powerfully upon the people who are gathered here today. May your Holy Spirit fall fresh upon them. As we seek what may be new for 2024, Lord, may that be you. May we seek powerfully your will in our lives. May we seek a promise to be fulfilled within our life this year coming. Lord, we just pray that you will guide us, you will lead us, you will open up all those possibilities for us in the new year. Lord, change us as we come into a new year. May we be willing to look for those Kairos moments when waters are stirring, when the Holy Spirit is moving. Lord, may you work upon our lives to know you more deeply, more fully, and trust you with everything that we have, our possessions, our time, our energy, our relationships. May we trust all of those things into your will and your purpose that you may fulfil your promises in our lives. Let's pray this in the power of Jesus' name. Amen.